so many, so many cheers. Hey, uh, I'm Daniel. You don't know. Uh, um, yeah, um, I am. I'm feeling quite a few mixes of emotions right now. Eh? I was really nervous coming to tonight. Don't know why. I am normally fine. Actually, I've said that a few times now. But um, uh, <laughs> I'm normally fine. Uh, I'm a bit nervous. Then lots of new people I saw in the room made me more nervous. And then Helen and Alice came up and gave like really good, awesome, good stories. I nearly cried. Then Caleb came up and confused me again. <laughs> um, and so, and so, yeah, it's it's just really lovely to be here. Um, I'm going to be sharing about, um, yeah, sharing the good news and the lead up to Hui this week, uh, where yeah, evangelism and sharing is is kind of the core of it. Um, now, um, what I've prepared is a little bit is a little bit yelly. It's just kind of my thoughts for like six pages. Uh, so I'll just start with a fun anecdote. It's not a fun anecdote, it's just um, it's a promo. Esme <laughs> knows exactly what it is. Um, so we're going to start with a promo. Esme um, and I, um, because we you know, have too much time in our lives, um, decided we're going to start a podcast. Um, so we started a podcast about the WNBA, the uh, Women's National Basketball Association. Um, I don't know anything about it. Uh, Esme knows a little bit more than I do, but we decided, you know what, this is the perfect people to do a podcast on it. So um, yeah, you can find us online. Uh, it's called WNBA. Um, and yeah, there you go. On Spotify? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So you can listen to um, Esme and I talk about the WNBA for like 15 minutes. What's that? Minnesota Lynx. Yeah, the Minnesota Lynx. Good. Uh, that's, that's how the podcast goes. Um, look, um, before I get started, there's a couple of things I want to acknowledge, um, particularly around this topic. Um, one, different people have different experiences around sharing and the idea of evangelism. And in kind of talking about a topic like this, it's hard to try to cover every single aspect of that because there's such a width of that. And I think it would be an injustice if I did try. And so I think I want to say two things. If this topic kind of, as we share, those brings up kind of feelings of guilt, shame, or accusation. That's, I want to say that's not God speaking. Like God doesn't speak through guilt, shame, or accusation. So yeah, if that's something that comes up, like really encourage you to seek prayer, um, seek, um, yeah, one of us to chat with and, and do that. So I just want to really be clear about that. And the second is um, on the opposite end, if you do feel a real sense, strong sense of conviction from God, then let's press into it conviction kind of affirms your identity in Christ and shame doesn't. That's how you know the difference. And so I just want to make that distinction early. Sound good? On the same page? Another thing is that I want to assume that we're on the same page here, that we kind of believe that Jesus is good news for all. That he's good news for our lives and those around us. Um, and, good, and that's why we want to share the gospel. And so, yeah, I guess that's kind of where I'm starting, my starting point is from. Um, and that's where everything kind of flows. So let's kick into it after all those disclaimers and notices. Um, the core of what I want to talk about tonight is this, that when it comes to sharing the gospel, we can come up with a thousand reasons why we don't share, why we, why we don't want to share. And, you know, we can list those off the top of our heads. Um, you know, maybe we've seen evangelism done badly. There's a link between um, lots of bad things and evangelism. Uh, maybe the whole idea that people don't want to hear about Jesus kind of the, the old adage, don't talk about religion, politics, and money at the table. Um, and, and we can come up with these reasons um, why we don't do it. And, and while I, I think that these are some valid things to discuss, I want to suggest um, tonight, and this is my hard-hitting kind of what Daniel thinks, um, <laughs> hard-hitting thing is that I, I want to suggest that the core of those reasons are actually some really core human fears. That actually at the core of those, underlying those reasons, are some fears that we have um, that we need to lay down before Jesus. 
And, um, and yeah, in that, in those, yeah, so that these reasons, I want to suggest that these reasons paper over the fears that we have, and that these fears become idols, and they shape our character and prevent us from doing what Jesus commands us to do, which is share the good news of the gospel. And these fears stem from really natural things, like feelings that um, come up, things, the feelings that come up again and again for my life, and I, I think for others as well, Feelings like the fear of rejection, of being unloved, feeling, feelings of fears of being unloved, feelings of getting it wrong, fears of getting it wrong, fears of being seen to get it wrong, fears that you would try and it wouldn't work. It's like, you know, when you go to counseling, um, I'm a real big fan of counseling, uh, if you ever heard me talk about this before, but you go to counseling and you know, you go up there and go in there with like a really specific issue, you're like, I want a specific issue to be solved. And then you, 15 minutes in, you realize there's some deep underlying thing that you need to work on. It's like that, right? Like, it's like there's a specific issue that sometimes we see, but actually there's some underlying things, and I want to suggest that the underlying fears that we have, and that these fears, um, which is my point one, these fears build a barrier between us and the sharing of the gospel. With me so far? Yeah. Cool. Quiet room. Um, yeah, first I want to start... Um, with the Bible, which is good, um, so it's not just my thoughts. Um, but um, I want to suggest that these core fears are seen um, through the Bible um, by those chosen by God. Um, so we, we can see in the first four Gospels, um, Matthew, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, um, they, across the four of them, they share ten events in similar. Um, many of these are real obvious beats of the story, so Jesus beginning his ministry, um, the, the, his betrayal, his death, um, his the finding of the empty tomb. These are things that all four Gospels share in common. And what I found really interesting was one of the ones that was that shared, shared in common is the denial of Peter. Um, where Peter, after affirming his love for Jesus three times, denies him three times when Jesus dies. In Luke 22, it tells the story where, um, I had to quote here, but I think I won't read it, but in, in all three instances, he's asked again and again, is this the man you're with? And in all three instances, he says, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Peter, one of the early forefathers of the church, um, who Jesus chooses to, to kind of um, kick off the, the, the early church, uh, denies Jesus three times out of his fear. Maybe we can say it was his fear for his own life and physical safety, uh, which I think is true. But I also want to suggest that reading it, there's a, there's a core of the human fear is a fear for his own reputation as well. That in the core of the denial of Jesus and knowing who Jesus is, is not wanting to be associated with a man who's being condemned to his death. And so we see here that this fear, this fear of rejection, this fear of reputation being lost as a barrier to Peter saying, yes, I know who this is. And then we see another in um, Moses. Um, in one of my favorite kind of scenes of the Bible, um, the Lord appears to Moses in a burning bush and says, go and talk to Pharaoh, go, you know, set my people free. Um, that's how I remember in Prince of Egypt anyway. Um, um, and he says, basically, Moses says to the Lord, well, I, 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 I'm not eloquent. I can't talk, I, I speak slowly, and I, I, who am I to give this speech to others? Um, and in this, I, I think what we can read into it, what I read into it, is that Moses is fearful of getting it wrong. He's being tasked with this thing that feels so outside of his own ability and his own inability of words. And, and his fear of, of being a failure, fail, fail of failure, then becomes a barrier to doing what God is, what the Lord is literally telling him to do out of a burning bush. 
I think, I think why I tell these stories, I think that we can see ourselves in these stories where our fears become so much bigger, our fears become so much bigger and become barriers of us falling off Christ tells us to do, that is to share the gospel. For me, um, God has um, literally put people right in front of me to confront these fears and I still um, don't do it very well. Um, I recall around two, three years ago, I moved down to Wellington, so it would have been three years, three plus years ago. Um, and when I was praying, um, I just had a friend um, from, from law school in Auckland come to mind in prayer. So some random person just came to mind. And I, I, so I just spent time um, over and over again praying earnestly for her. And then one day I just received a strong word of encouragement for her. Now, I know that she wasn't Christian. Um, we talk about faith sometimes, but I knew that it wasn't something that was going to be um, easy to do. And so in that, I spent this process of talking to myself, convincing myself that, yeah, um, you know, I think that it's not a good thing. Um, and in my head, I convinced myself that it was actually going to be harmful to talk about these things. Then, in fact, if I were to say this, then I would set her back from even um, looking into the faith. I came up with all these excuses, all these excuses again and again. I heard all the horror stories. I heard all the bad things, and I chose not to do it. And I think deep down inside, and upon reflection, deep down inside, what I was really afraid of was what I would look like, how weird I would look. That a core that I was afraid that I would hurt my little reputation as a cool, cool law school dude. Um, that's how everyone knew me. Anna's not here to not vouch for me, so that's uh, great. Uh, yeah, the little reputation I had, I was afraid that would be hurt in that process. Um, the, the other end of the story is that I went back to Auckland for, um, to see my family and I took a selfie of a friend and posted it on Facebook. I don't normally do this, so it was kind of odd anyway. So uh, took a Facebook post and, and then I get a message out of the blue from this person saying, Hey, are you in town? I just saw your post and it looks like you're in town. Can we come chat? And I, spent, I had an hour to spare, so we spent time in conversation. And as I was in that conversation, I realized that God had literally put her right in my face to, talk, to face these fears. And so I shared the word in the most tactful way I could possibly think of doing it, um, in the most caveated way. You know, I know you don't believe in this, but this is what I feel Jesus is saying. Uh, and to which I was met by tears and um, was telling me how much she needed to hear those words then. And I think about like, the idea that like, in the process of me not, like, not wanting to do it, that I was depriving my neighbor of something that was really good. And, and that was it. I still pray for her. I think she moved to Wellington, so I wonder if that's God again. But, uh, but uh, in reflecting on it, I realized that in the deep of this isn't the reasons I came up with, isn't the reasons I sat with in my mind to logically come to, is this a good or bad thing? But it was actually a fear, a fear of rejection, a fear of losing a friend, a fear of losing my reputation, a fear of doing it wrong. He's whispered to me and spoke louder than God did. So if we identify these fears, and I'm sure they're different for different people, um, I, I, I desperately fear to, I desperately want to be loved and seen reputably, so I think those are fears that I have. Um, what do we do about it then? What do we do about it? And this, I guess, in many ways, is a continuation on a talk I gave about two, three weeks ago about idolatry. Um, I made three points at that, um, and I'll repeat those again, which is point one, we idolize the things we place our value in. We idolize the things we place our time, value, and time, value, and devotion in. Point two, idolatry shapes our character and prevents us from following the way of Jesus. 
idolatry shapes our character and prevents us from following the way of Jesus. And point three, repentance is the radical reorientation which places God before all things. Our idolatry here, when I talk about these fears, is one that is centered on ourselves. When we feel rejection, it's fears of our reputation, when it fears our failure, fears of getting it wrong, is when we place value in things centered around ourselves, our own reputation, our own success, our own rightness, our own righteousness before God. And in that process, these become idols. And these idols shape our character. Like I said, they, they, they prevent us from sharing the good news of the gospel and other things and following Jesus in that way. And I want to suggest that the antidote to this, the antidote towards these fears is repentance. The radical reorientation to place God above all things. And it's a coming back to that again and again. And I think if you guys get any more sermons here, any sermons, more sermons from me, it's going to be this again and again and again. I really believe that the core of our lives is how we place Jesus back again at the center of our lives to lay down these idols again and again and again. And so when we place Jesus at the center of our lives, we radically reorientate our priorities. Our reputation, our need to look right, pale in contrast to the coming of God's kingdom. And it's the freeing recognition that we will not always be seen success, as successful. That's quote marks for the recording. Uh, seen as successful by any human metric. And the Great Commission itself, Jesus says, um, it, one part of it, I'm taking a very small portion, but if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home, that town, and shake off the dust of your feet. And I always read this as a really validating thing, that Jesus is saying, well, it's not always going to go well. It's not always going to look successful. And we recognize that it's not us working. It's not our skills. It's not our inabilities. But that rather God is working through us. That we are the vessels, simply vessels for which God speaks through. And our skills, our talents, and lack thereof pale in comparison to when Christ speaks. It is a freeing recognition that our hope in Jesus is not of our own reputation. Jesus tells his disciples, if you want to become my followers, let them de deny yourselves and take up your cross and follow me. Taking up the cross here is a symbol of humiliation, symbol of humility and humiliation as you hold the cross, to, uh, as you walk the cross. As to say that we may lose our reputation, but instead we've placed Jesus at the center of it. We lose our lives to follow Jesus and we find it in Christ. These lie at the core of what we believe, of what we believe Jesus has done. And by turning to this again and again and again, we replant, repent and place Christ at the center of our lives. Instead of putting our faith in a societal sense of purity and righteousness, we place one in the righteousness which has been won by Jesus. Yeah, of course, um, not as, as the story I told goes, not every encounter will lead to rejection. Thank God. Um, no, will it always go badly? But we must be willing to hold our reputation, our desire to be right lightly, committing it to God and believing in the promise that is given in Jeremiah, that for, I, for as God says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future, then you will call on me and come and pray, pray for, to me, and I'll listen to you. You'll seek me and I'll find, and you seek me and find me, when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. So point one, our fears build a barrier between us and the sharing of the gospel. Point two, the antidote to fear is to place Christ in the center of our lives once again. 
And finally, I want to suggest that when we place Jesus at the center of our lives, the overflow of that, and this includes the share of the gospel, we're not limited to it, um, affects all those around us. That we place Christ in the center of our lives again, we affect all those around us. So that's point three. When Christ is at the center of our lives, our neighbors prosper as well. When Christ is at the center of our lives, our neighbors prosper as well. The greatest commandment espoused by Jesus is this, right? Love God, love neighbor. And in placing our fears and ourselves first, we neglect to do either. It becomes idolatry from this one or two commandments. By failing to share the gospel or the good news, sharing the good news because of our fears, we deprive those around us of the good news of the gospel. Like I said in the story, if I, if I hadn't um, you know, faced those fears, I'd be depriving my friend of good news. Good news to her life, good news to mine. I believe it's truly good news. I believe it's truly good news. And therefore it is good news, not just for me, but for everyone around me. And this is where we come full circle. Those things we see in the world, perhaps, you know, the different reasons we come up with, things that you may see damaging, people preaching, you know, hate and fear, not love. The response to that is how we, in, in our facing of our fears, in our putting Christ at the center of it all, is the response we have to share the gospel of love, to share the gospel of the good news. It's not to succumb to our fears, but bravely share with Christ at the center of it all. And so when doing so, when we place Christ at the center, the good news of the gospel of our lives becomes the good news of the gospel of our neighborhoods. In doing so, we prioritize others, not ourselves or our fears, but that, we, that as we decrease, as our, we decrease, others increase. So point one, our fears build a barrier between us and sharing of the gospel. Point two, the antidote to fear is to place Christ at the center of our lives once again. And point three, when Christ is at the center of our lives, our neighbors prosper as well. That's, my, that's what I had to share today. Um, I do want to end on a liturgy. Andrew can call that out. Um, this liturgy is called the Litany of Humility. I realize now I plan to Google what litany meant, uh, but I, don't, I didn't do it. So uh, somebody else can tell me after this what litany means. Uh, but uh, I know what humility means at least. Um, don't need to Google that one. Um, I, I want to end this liturgy. I, I remember this liturgy. Um, yeah, um, Rose spoke on this liturgy years back, maybe like two or three years back. I think when I was first here. I remember it being um, yeah, so powerfully transformative for me. Um, and yeah, so I will speak the bits not in bold. And we speak the bits in bold together. And essentially, um, yeah, maybe let's spend a, let's spend a moment um, in silence. And then I'll kick us off and we'll say the yeah, bold bits together. And then we'll lead into worship. Lord Jesus, meek and humble heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. 
from the fear of being despised, from the fear of suffering rebukes, from the fear of being defamed, from the fear of being forgotten, from the fear of being ridiculed, from the fear of being wronged, from the fear of being suspected, that others may be loved more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be more esteemed, be esteemed more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be referred to me in everything. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. Mm -hmm.